What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Malaga Drive Hoops podcast. We are continuing on with our previews of each division, and this episode is going to be the Northwest Division. I hope everyone is doing well. It's Friday. The season is coming up in four days, and I could not be more excited. This is my time of the year. This is where I pop off, um, and I'm so, so excited. So, um, obviously, we've done the other two divisions in the West. And if you guys couldn't tell, it's it's not even just like I hear people say, oh, the West is so much better than it was. And it is. It completely is. Uh, but so is the East. Like, I, I think we just have to look around and be like, God damn, this is the golden age. Honestly, this is the golden age uh, of the NBA. There has never, ever, I will argue with anyone, there's never, ever been more talent in the league than there is now. Now, again, there's some other bullshit that comes with that. But in terms of pure talent, uh, the, the talent pool has never been bigger than what it is right now. Um, and so what that leads to is hopefully uh, more competitive games, although we will be looking at uh, a bunch of tanking for Wemby and Scoot. But but the West and East, both on paper, are really looking like the best they've been. Because you you would think, oh, the West is better than it's been. And you would think, oh, okay, the East is suffering. No, you look over at the East, and, and obviously we'll do the, the previews for those soon. Damn good conference over there, too. So um, despite all that, it's uh, it's the Northwest we're going to focus on today. And uh, we're going to just jump right into it. This is probably the worst division. Uh, in the West, but regardless, still some really good teams in here. Let's start with uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. Last year was uh, was a good year for them, right? You could you've been waiting, you know, you know they get Carl Anthony Towns, they get Anthony Edwards, um, and you know when you hit on high picks like that, you want to see that uh, parlay into some actual real life success. Um, and I think you take what you got last year, forty six and thirty six, seven seed, uh, play in beat the Clippers um, and then went on and, and had a tough series with, with the number two seed Grizzlies didn't win it obviously, uh, but it was a competitive series. And if you play that series out 10 times, uh, they absolutely do win that series at least a couple, a handful of times. So definitely a step in the right direction. And uh, you know, now you're looking to add on to that as cat and Anthony Edwards continue to grow and, and some of your other young players. Um, obviously the, the headline for this team this, this year is, uh, Rudy Gobert, um, you know, halfway through the off season, massive, massive trade kind of out of nowhere. Like, obviously we knew that the jet, there was a, a good chance the jazz were going to blow it up. Um, but if you, if you had asked me, all right, where's Rudy Gobert going? The Timberwolves probably wouldn't have even been, um, in the top 10 teams I, I would have picked, uh, because you, you know, on paper you have Carl Anthony Towns and, We've never really seen a team just go all in on two bigs like that, especially, you know, with with the way the league has kind of trended where the Warriors went, you know, that death lineup with five uh, with, with Dre at the five um, and Dre's like six, 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 seven. Right. Um, and it's a copycat league. So, you know, I felt like a lot of teams have somewhat tried to uh, implement their own version of that. And I think honestly, you're better off zagging when when the whole team when the whole league's zigging, and I think that's what the Timberwolves did here. Now, I I actually don't know how this is going to work out. Um, I, I usually feel like I have a at least a decent idea, um, but I I don't feel really that strongly one way or another. I don't feel like oh this is really going to fuck them up. Um, 
but I also don't feel like, oh, this is really going to elevate them to new heights. I, I, I just, I know Carl Anthony Towns has the skill set of a four in terms of he can obviously, shoot, he, he's probably the best shooting big we've ever seen and he can put it on the floor and he can pass. Um, and so offensively, yeah, that that's all great and fine. I'm just curious to see how he defends the fours uh, that he has to defend in space. Now, he, he is a mobile guy, um, but he, he's a, honestly, there's still room to improve on the defensive end of the basketball. And he's going to probably be in um, some situations and, and circumstances that aren't necessarily his his strong suit. Now, I don't think he's just going to be out on the perimeter every possession, but I think he's going to be out in space um, defensively more often than he's been. And obviously he's a big, right? You, you don't expect like him to be, you know, amazing at, at guarding on the perimeter. That's not really his, uh, his skill set strength. That's not really what you're expecting um, of him, but he was 19th percentile, which is a big fat F. Um, and so it's like, yeah, he's mobile, but he ha- he was never even really a semi-competent big in uh, in guarding on the perimeter and in space last year. So we'll see how that works out. Um, again, you look at that 19th percentile, NF, I don't know that you can just say, like, that's who he is forever. Um, you know, when, you- when you're now going to be in a position where you're going to be out there a little bit more, I think that's something you can get better at. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. We've never really seen teams go in uh, on two big seven footers. And I'm curious, I, w- I would assume that both those guys close and we'll see how that works out. A um, couple other things to monitor with this team, uh, the growth of Anthony Edwards. I don't know about you guys, but I I, I see it pretty hard. I, I think it's pretty hard for him to not uh, be a star at, at this point. I feel like he has the it factor mentally. No fear. Um, and then obviously physically, there, there's zero questions uh, about Anthony Edwards and, and his ability to impact a game. Can get downhill, take contact, finish at the rim, shoot on and off the dribble. Uh, and honestly, I've seen plenty of – he's still working on it, but I've seen plenty of, of situations where he has created for others, um, both in transition and in the half court. So I think for me, obviously, the you know, number one to me is, is the Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert fit. Uh, but two – and I think this decides kind of the ceiling um, is Anthony Edwards' ability to um, take the next step. And how big is that next step going to be? Is it going to be the – is he going to be an all-star next year? Like, I think that's the well within the realm of possibilities. Uh, but I, I think also there's a, there's a decent chance he's not quite at that point yet. So we'll see. And I think that's going to be a huge determining factor, which I don't think is a hot take. But – um, I really do think when you look at this team and you see them win uh, 46 games, seventh in the West, in what was probably a down year, you you know you want to see 50. And if Anthony Edwards can be that dude, they absolutely can can be 50. I, I still am not there on D'Angelo Russell as a guy who I, I think he's grown tremendously in his in his ability to to help impact games and not always be the guy that needs the ball and dribble, 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 dribble the air out of it. Um, but I, I, I got to see an improvement on defense. Uh, let's actually pull it up what his on ball is. Because with, with Carl Anthony Towns being an F, you know, that's that's one thing. That's your center. That's a guy who's been a center his whole life. Daniel Russell is a point guard. He's going to – I mean, you can put him on the second uh, – on the shooting guard or whoever you feel is, like, not as big of a threat. But, yeah uh, – 
43%. Oh, no, 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 no. Let's find it. 34%. That's a D. Yeah, I mean, that's about where he's been. You don't have Patrick Beverly to to help uh, the same way. And you look at the backup guards, Jordan McLaughlin, Austin Rivers, Brent Forbes, Jalen Noel, um, you know, all guys that do different things, but defense is not the priority for any one of those guys. So um, we'll see how that impacts the, t- the Timberwolves. Again, I- I've never been a big D-Lo guy. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's as bad as it's been in the past, but I also would like to see more. And then the last thing there is Jaden McDaniels. He's a guy in fantasy. It's going to be hard for him to produce the counting stats, and he's probably a little bit better in real – he's definitely better in real life than he is in fantasy. But I still think a jump is is in order for him. Uh, I do I do expect to see somewhat of an offensive jump, and we already know what he can do defensively, both on ball in the passing lanes and as a weak side defender. So the talent is here. The talent is absolutely here. I believe in Chris Finch. I think he's a really good coach. Um, and you've clearly see the the buy-in from the guys in that group. The West is just so loaded, and I feel like this this composition of a roster is something that we haven't really seen, right? No real on-ball dogs on defense. You're going to ask a cat to play a position he's never played, but you have got two guys in Ant Edwards and, and Jaden McDaniels who I think take leaps. I also really like Jalen Noel. I uh, love what I've been seeing from him. He's probably going to be more of a microwave scorer guy than a uh, like a. I mean, he was never going to be a starting two on this team. But all in all, I guess what I'm trying to say is this is probably, if I had to pick a team in the NBA, uh, the hardest team for me to have a form a real strong opinion on. I think 48 and a half, which is what I'm seeing their win total at uh, right now, is fair. I wouldn't lean over or under in in anyway really all that strongly if anything maybe under just because the west is so so loaded um and in comparison to a lot of teams with that sort of win total i i feel better with other teams but that's because i know what i'm getting there and i don't know what i'm getting here but you got a good coach you got a ton of talent and we'll see how it shakes out um but for me uh when i when i'm going through these teams i got i'm, I'm gonna be honest with with how i feel about them and to me, the Timberwolves are, are probably the toughest team in the league for me to figure out. So I, I can't really uh, form a strong opinion either way. But you got a lot of talent there. And I'm, I'm definitely interested to see how this team uh, plays coming into the year. All right, let's keep it rolling. We got the Denver Nuggets up next. And uh, this is a team that I am by far the most high on um, in this conference. And, or not, not in this conference, in this division. But honestly, in this conference, too. Um, I just think it's... It's a really well, I mean, you, you've got it all here. You've got the continuity, but then you add the the outside pieces, right? In, in Minnesota, you have continuity with Kat, D'Lo, and Jaden, right? But but you add a big piece into the fray. And you for me, it's hard to know, um, you know, how that works out. Here you have all the main pieces, um, but you're just adding like a KCP and a Bruce Brown and a we're not going to say DeAndre Jordan, but those two, right, um, that are guys who can fill roles, and that's really all you're asking asking them to do. Um, there's a, there's a lot of different places we can start, but I, I feel like let's let's just start with that. Um, traded Monty Morrison, Will Barton for uh, essentially KCP, and then uh, draft or brought in Bruce Brown in free agency. And I think a lot of people, when that trade happened, was like, oh, I like this for the Wizards. 
but I, I think you have to take into account just the salary um, and how that plays into this. With Monty Morris, he's a good backup point guard in my eyes. Good, solid backup point, if not the best backup point guard in the league. But to me, he's not a starter. He's a guy who can you can fill in when your starter goes down, and it's not the end of the world. But he's not a guy you go into the year with locked in as your number one. He's super undersized. He can shoot from three, but it's not what he wants to do. He can finish a bit, but it's not like that's his strength. He's a smart player, but he's undersized, and it affects him on the defensive end of the basketball court. And on top of that, in Denver, you have a guy named Bones Highland, who I'm very high on. He's almost like him and IQ are just like they play the exact same. They have this herky-jerky electric type of game um, that's a bucket first game. Um, And he's he's just really, really talented. And so I totally get right. Like it's it's not just Monty Morris and Will Barton for KCP because Bones Highland, this opens up the runway for him to be that backup one. And and on top of that, you know, Jamal Murray is going to get worked back from his injury. And uh, you have a guy in Bones that that is going to step up and take that role. On top of that, Will Barton was getting paid a lot of money and he's just probably no longer worth that. Um, I'm not going to go and say he's wash-wash. I, I mean, I still think he's capable of playing in an NBA rotation. But for the money he was owed, it, it just didn't make sense anymore. And so you get a guy like KCP who's the same, quote, position as Will Barton, but just the role is much more straightforward. It's stand in the corner and shoot threes. You, you, you know, Will Barton, he didn't want to stand in the corner and shoot threes. He could do that, but he wants some on-ball reps. He wants to to you know be an initiator in the offense at times and at this point with Jamal Murray back I I don't know that there's necessarily room for him there to do that so uh, I think just it was a master class in getting off of bad money uh getting and getting a guy who can fit absolutely fit a role for you while all all this all the while opening up a role for a young guy that you drafted and developed who looked really, really good last year. And you look at the team last year, they finished sixth in the West, 48 and 34, missing their second and third best player. Like Jamal didn't play a game. MPJ played like eight games. And obviously there's going to be some rust and, you know, you're still never fully comfortable with MPJ's back and it can flare up at any time. Uh, but this team is going to be better with those two here for the long haul. Like it, it just, it's going to be better. Uh, Mike Malone has just done a really good job of, of, you know, getting the most out of the group. And then obviously we have Nikola Jokic, who at this point is at worst, at very, very worst, the top five player in this league. Uh, just an offensive engine that we've never seen. You can run him at the block. You can run him at the high post. You can run him top of the key. And he's going to be an engine and you can stick four guys next to him, and he's going to create open looks for those four guys in one way or another. So uh, you just have everything cooking here. You have a team with really good top-end talent. You have a team with a great coach. You have a team with great depth. You have a great front office, um, and you have a great culture, and you have expectations, and you've been there, right? And this is a team that's going to be hungry. So MPJ, I think it's really easy to forget, like, this guy is a generational shooting talent. Like he just is. This is a guy who, if he, and he's going to get so many open shots, but even the ones he doesn't get that are open, 
he has a chance to make them, right? But he's just going to get so many open shots playing next to Jokic. It's a really well-constructed team because you have a 3 and D guy in KCP. You have Aaron Gordon, who's a great defender and a great cutter uh, that works really well off of Jokic, right? You have an electric uh, Bones Highland who can be a guy off the bench for you and, and get you buckets. Um, and we all know who Jamal Murray is. I think it's easy to forget, but um, I'm not I'm not going to just fully discount the bubble. I'm just I'm not going to do it. We know what he's going to do. Obviously, I don't know that he's going to be that level of good, uh, especially right away. But he's a very, very good point guard with the all star level upside. I, I doubt he gets it this year, but um, I don't think Jamal Murray retires without being an all star a couple of times. So uh, really, really good team. I got nothing to say, but nothing but good things to say. And I think Bruce Brown was a really, really sneaky pickup. That's a guy who you plug in. He can do a lot of different things. He can be a good on-ball defender and a pest. He can be a off-ball defender that gets in the passing lanes. He can be a Gary Payton type on offense that rolls hard to the rim, can be a creator out of, out of the short roll. He actually shot 40% from three last year, so you can stick him in the corner. Uh, we'll see if that holds up, right? That could have been an outlier. We'll see, though. It's encouraging. Um, we can stick him in the corner um, and, and make some shots. He, he just does uh, – he's going to crash the boards really hard for you as a smaller guy. Just does all the little things that you need. Um, and I was honestly pretty surprised that Brooklyn didn't bring him back. Uh, but they got him on a team-friendly deal. And then uh, I, I got to at least shout out my guy Zeke Naji once before we head out of here. Um Playing behind DJ in preseason was a little concerning. I, I feel like that's more Malone. Malone's always been hard on the young guys, always been hard on them. So I, I feel like that's more Malone trying to get the best out of him. But um, he's a grinder, works really, really hard, spaces the floor, bulked up, added four inches to the vertical. Um, and Denver just has a really good track record uh, of drafting guys, developing them into roles. Like you look, everyone here, almost everyone here was drafted and developed by this team so um i obviously i own them in my dynasty league so i'm a little bit more uh inclined to, to notice something like that but um excited for, for to see if he can take a step this year but ultimately he's not he's not going to factor in that large into to how successful this team is uh but for me 15 and a half seems low it, it really does i know it's juiced up to minus 150 so you can almost take it as 51 and a half minus 110 um but 15 and a half definitely does seem low. And I, I would, without a doubt, if I'm picking a side here, go over. All right, we'll move on to the Trailblazers. And I feel like this is a really polarizing team in the NBA right now. Um, Over-under set at 39 and a half. So basically, uh, basically a 500-ish team, maybe a little bit below that. Um, and I feel like there's plenty of people that are out there saying, oh, the Blazers are going to be... Uh, I don't think anyone's arguing they're title contenders, but I definitely see things on Twitter that are like, man, this Blazers team is pretty good. Like, I'm excited to watch this team. To me, to me, it gives this this team still gives off just battling, battling, battling for the playing vibes. Like you're getting towards the end of the year and you're running, you know, Dame 40 minutes a night, Jeremy Grant, Anthony. Like th this just feels like a team that is gonna do everything they can give everything they have and it's going to ultimately end in like a 40 and 42 season or a 41 and 41 season where they are just just scraping into the plane um and that might be a little bit disrespectful and i honestly don't even hate the moves they made 
um, this offseason. But it, it's just what it feels like to me. It's just what it feels like to me. To me, Jeremy Grant is – it's been up and down, I feel like. His perception has been so up and down. When he left Denver, it was like, oh, this is a really good piece. And then he went to Detroit, and the, the perception changed on him because they kind of threw him into this alpha number one role and it was clear that that alpha number one role is not something that Jeremy Grant is built for, at least on a successful team, right? And he's not even going to have to be that this year. But to me, he's a guy who can score, but outside of scoring and some, some you know, let's just pull it up. Let's pull up how his defense is. Because to me, he's an okay on-ball defender. He's obviously not a great rim protector. That's not really his job, but let's pull it up here. Um, and this is just for last year. Um, perimeter defense, 26 percentile D. I didn't expect it to be that bad. So he's actually a, be- a much better rim protector than on-ball defender, and I guess he's a four. So that you know that, that makes sense. But to me, he's just – what I'm trying to say is he's a one-dimensional guy. He's not going to really help you on the glass. He's not really going to create for others. He's trying to get his – that's what he's there to do, and he's uh, okay at that. He's pretty good at that. Um, I love Anthony Simons. I think he's super, super talented. Um, we, we all, we all know that if you watch the NBA, if you watch the Blazers at all, you know, Anthony Simons is an absolute bucket, but it's, it's a lot different. It's just a lot different than being the number one option. And honestly, it's a lot different than being the six man off the bench too. Like both those roles are different than the starting two next to Dame. It's just a different flow. It's a different rhythm. And it's something that I think he's still getting used to. He didn't look all that great in the preseason doing it. And again, it's preseason. You're not really taking too much stock into that. But I do think there's an adjustment period that comes from, all right, you're not coming off the bench and flying whatever shot you want. You're not the number one in meaningless games where we're actually honestly trying to lose and you can take whatever shot you want, right? Like this is a completely different role where you have to be really, really focused and be a little bit more selective, but still keep the aggressiveness that makes you great. Um, And it's not even just the amount of shots. I think it's the type of shots. Like he's still going to get plenty of on-ball reps, even with Dame there. But I feel like a lot of his, uh, more of his shots are going to come on spot up um, and off quick decision-making rather than him bringing the ball up loading and kind of deciding what he wants to do uh, rather than, you know, off ball stuff. So the, and on top of that, the defense is not great. And I just, I don't know how that gets fixed. I don't, I don't think Jeremy Grant is this defensive game changer. Dame has never been a lead on defense. Anthony Simons is so far from elite. Josh Hart is a solid defender. Yusuf Nurkic can be solid. Um, but they're just going to have to take a huge, huge jump in that area. And that's always been the problem with the Blazers. Even on the teams where they were good and in the playoffs, the defense is what held them back from being really good. And I don't know what the difference is. I, I honestly think CJ was a better defender than is a better defender than Anthony. And a lot of it is defense. A lot of defense is team and the, the concept that you have and just the locked in and togetherness that you have. But I don't know that you can say they have that. And I believe Chauncey can get them there, but like, that's the biggest concern: is can this team hold up defensively to keep them in? You know, even to get them in that six-five seed contention area. I don't know 
that it's that it's there. Um, I see a lot of people questioning Dame. I have no questions about Dame. Dame is that dude. He had a whole year off. He's got fresh legs. You know these stars get extra motivated when when you know writers and the media and fans start to count them out. Dame's gonna ball out this year. Uh, but that's again all the more why I feel like it's a drag this team to the to a playing thing than like a real sustained sustained success type of thing. But it's it's possible. It's possible. I like the Josh Hart pickup. I, I think that's a guy, again, guy I have in my dynasty team, so I'm a little bit biased or whatever you want to call it. But uh somewhere along the line, he became a really like I always kind of thought, hey, he's just a high energy role player. But somewhere down the line, he really turned himself into a, a good basketball player. Now, he had some crazy, crazy outputs. And, and again, that just goes back to the Anthony Simons thing where like he was playing in the lowest of state games, getting really whatever he wanted um, in games like 65 of the regular season where you're sometimes playing against teams that are somewhat checked out. Um, but at the same time, I, I have really noticed he can actually get downhill with on-ball reps, not with any crazy, crazy dribble moves, but he's just, he has a knack for slicing through the defense, not just catch, not, not, not just off catches where the defense is, you know, in on their back foot. Like even when the defense is set and loaded up, he's been able to get to the rim. Um, and he was really not aggressive in the preseason, which was a little weird to me, but uh, that's a guy, that's a winner that helps you win. Rebounds, defends well, makes the right play. I like that. I like that. And there's some fun pieces off the bench. Keon Johnson has shown some 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 chops. Um, Nas Little had a really good year last year before he got hurt. Shaden Sharp, who they just drafted, who's the mystery man, looked really, really good uh, from a talent perspective in the preseason. Um, but there's just a lot of of things that I think still need to get cleaned up to the point where these guys are answering questions about it, like already in the preseason. Like I saw a quote yesterday um, where I think someone asked Josh Hart, like how concerned he is about the preseason. And he's like, we're zero and zero. Like we're, we're still trying to figure it out. I think we will. But like even that to the point where it's like people watching this team in the preseason aren't feeling all the most, all that confident. Um, I just think that they've got a lot of work on on the defense end of the basketball. I do think the win total is fair at 39 and a half. But when I see people talking about, oh, they're going to be back in the playoff mix, and uh, I don't really see too many people talking about a championship, but like I pumped the brakes on that. I, I think there's still some things that need to be figured out, worked out. Um, and to me, this, this is a team that is battling for a playing spot. More so because of how great the West is this year and the overall talent level. Like a lot of years, this is a six, five seed, but not this year in my eyes. Um, but that's just the way I see it. And uh, we'll see. But don't don't hesitate to, to draft Dame. Like this is a team built around him. They're going to lean on him. He's fresh. He's heard all the noise. Um, I'd be really surprised if he doesn't put up a really big year. All right, we're going to finish up with two bottom feeders. Uh, first, the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I've I've already talked to him about, about them in, in a decent amount of depth. Um, on my win total pod because they are a team I locked. Um, their win total is at 23 and a half. I locked that in. Um, last year, they won 24 games. And that was with Giddy missing half a season, SGA missing a quarter to two-fifths of the season. Um, 
and them literally the last two weeks of the season bringing up their whole G League team and doing what they could to tank. And obviously it worked out, and, and they got Chet, Chet Holmgren. Now, obviously, the, the Chet Holmgren injury sucks. Like, I, I that's just such a bummer because I was so excited. You know, if you know me, I love unicorns. I love Jaron Jackson. I love Christoph Porzingis. I love the idea of a big man growing up, loving hoop, watching hoop, and being like hardworking enough and skilled enough to work on his game to the point where he can be a seven footer with guard like skills. Now that doesn't mean that they, you know, ignore the 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 center side of, of basketball. And, but like just just that idea is really, really cool to me. Um, and I was really excited to see what Chet can do because I think he's a, a special, special talented player. Um, but he's gone. He's gone this year, and and that is what it is. Now, I will say I, I like the over 23 and a half for a couple reasons, and, and we'll get there. But I think important to note is I will say um, you, you've got a generational prospect available in, in Victor Wembayana, and Scoot Henderson would be deserving of a number one pick in, in a lot of drafts. And I think that's something that always is going to be in the back of my mind um, with this Thunder team, especially having bet the over 23 and a half, uh, to where if, if SGA or Giddy even have nagging things at the end of the end of the season. So it's, it's so, so very likely that, that the Thunder pull off another tankathon. Uh, but even with the threat of that, I feel good enough, uh, about this coaching staff and this team, um, that they can grind out at least 24 wins. Um, and to me, it just starts with Mark Dagnall. I think he's probably the, the most underrated coach in the league right now. And that, again, just comes from this Thunder team knows that there's no point in winning 30 games um, at this point of the career. Like that, that winning 30 games versus 22 games means is meaningless. It's, it's honestly meaningless. Um, winning 22 games does so much more for the franchise than winning 30 games. Um, and, I, and trust me, I'm not a guy who downplays the importance of culture. But like at, at this point, right, like that, it is what it is there. But I, back to the point, Mark Dagnall to me is a really, really good coach. He always, when I'm watching this Thunder team, it's just a well-coached team. It's a team that plays really, really hard, right? You, you never have to worry about that. Two, defensively, they're sound. Like they're sound defensively. When when you beat them, generally it's because, uh, and score on them, generally it's because you have better players and you have a player who was able to, overcome um good defense it's very rare that you're obviously it's the nba so there's going to be easy buckets and transition and and sometimes in the half court but it's rare that they are going to consistently beat themselves uh at least on the defensive end of the basketball and they've never really had i mean sga is that dude but like he missed a ton of time they play the right way on offense they move the ball they spread the ball um and they're they're never they're not they're not a predictable team offensively. And so I've just seen so many times where a Thunder team that really doesn't have the talent level of the team they're going up against hangs in a game. And they might end up still losing, but they hang in games, they compete in games, and they play the right way. Um and you can just tell with the talent level that they have, that result was good. That result was good. That is what you ask for. That is how you build. And I think almost every, I think everyone there is bought into this idea that hey, we're not there yet. We're all we're a very very young team. We've got to build 
game by game, year by year. Um, and I think they've all bought bought in on that. Um, I think this year when everyone's healthy, the starting lineup, SGA, Giddy, Lou Dort, Jeremiah Robinson, Earl, and uh, I don't know. I'm not sure who the four is. Baisley hasn't been starting. Baisley hasn't been starting. And I, I get it. Um, I think they like him as the backup five, so we'll, we'll see you there. Uh, but there's just a lot of really fun talent there. Jalen Williams has looked phenomenal in the preseason. He seems like he was a great pick. Usman Jang has looked really good in the preseason. He's obviously still a project, uh, but he looks to, to definitely factor into the rotation. Trey Mann has looked like he's taken a big step this year. He's a microwave guard. It remains to be seen if he's like a Jordan Clarkson or if he's a guy who is a starter in this league who's good enough offensively um, to, to play a 30-minute-a-night role. And I think that's within the realm of possibilities. But just a lot of young talent. And you guys know that I, when I'm looking at teams that, to target win totals, um, you know, I, I'm looking at teams with young talent and good coaching staff to help optimize the group and, and get the most out of the young talent. And when you get guys like SGA, Giddy, I mean, you go down the line, SGA, Giddy, Dort, Basie, JRE, Trey Mann, Jalen Williams, Poku, uh, Trey Mann, Aaron Wiggins, Ushman Dan, all these guys, like these guys are going to be better than what they were last year. They just have to be. They just have to be. Um, and if you get a collective group where everyone's getting 1% better, that group is going to be a lot better. So I'm not going to say they're going to go win 30 games, but I think something like 27, 28 wins um, is definitely within the possibility. Now, if SGA and, and Giddy go down, that's one thing. Um, I think you will see the tank come on pretty strong. But even then, I wouldn't be too worried. Um, this team has a really bright future, and I'm excited to see what Dagnall can do with this group. You just want to see him take a, a step, another another step. You don't have to become a, a playing team yet. I think next year with Chet back and whatever pick they get, um, whatever they decide to do with their you know treasure chest of picks, uh, there's going to be a really, really fun young team that that bursts on the scene here pretty soon. Not sure it's this year, but definitely I, uh, I'm higher on them than the expectation of 23 and a half wins. Uh, Jalen Williams, not a bad dart throw late in drafts. Trey Mann, not a bad dart throw. Uh, neither of those guys are, are unless you're in a super deep league. You're in a ten-team team, ten-team league. Neither of those guys are getting drafted, and maybe, maybe even in ten teams, they're not worth drafting. But at at one point in the season, Jalen Williams and or Trey Mann um, are going to have a stretch where they're playing large minutes and they're producing for you. So just keep an eye out on on that. Um, and that's where I'm at on the scene. Like this team, high on their future. Um, not their time quite yet, but it's it's definitely coming. It's definitely coming. Now we got to talk about the Jazz. Um, there's not really a ton to talk about. And, uh, you know, we, we talk about, you know, I talked about the Timberwolves and not really knowing what's going on. I mean, it's similar vibes in Utah, if not more. Um, it, it's just, I, I'll, first off, I'll say, like, I didn't hate the return Danny Ainge got. He didn't get really any player players back that you can like confidently build around, but he got good young players who you feel good about eventually filling roles. Um, and he got a ton of picks. So we'll get that out of the way. I, I didn't hate the the return that uh, Danny Ainge got back for, for Donovan and Bojan and, and Rudy. And I feel like some, some didn't like it. Um, 
But you just got a weird ass blend now with this team. Um, Colin Sexton, Laurie Markkinen, but then you also still have Malik Beasley, Taylor Horton Tucker, Jared Vanderbilt, Walker Kessler. But then you still have Mike Conley there. You still have Jordan Clarkson there. Um, you know, you, you still have Kelly, you trade for Kelly Olenek. It's just a weird ass mix of guys. It's a weird, like you still have vets there, but then you have the young guys that you brought in. It's like they started the, the teardown, but it isn't complete. Um, but this seems, I, I, I don't imagine, I can't imagine that this team wins many games. We, we hit the under 30 and a half as soon as they made the Donovan Mitchell trade, which I was surprised it was still even there because you knew Mitchell was gone, but um, we hit 30 and a half. It's now down to 24 and a half. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't recommend the under at 24 and a half. In fact, I'd probably recommend the over um, because I think at the start of the season, they're not going to be terrible. Um, given that Conley's still there, Clarkson's still there, and, and Colin Sexton's not bad. Malik Beasley's not bad. Laurie Markkinen's not bad. Um, but for me, uh, I, I have no real idea how the rotation shakes out right away, right? I, I would I, I would think Conley and Jordan keep their normal roles. Sexton starts at the two. Beasley maybe at the three. Maybe they go Talon. I, I doubt it, but probably Beasley. Laurie at the four. Kelly at the five. Um it's just a it's a want, wait and see type of thing with, with this team. It's young talent. Um, it's a new it's a, a brand new head coach that we know nothing about. Personally, I don't know anything about in Will Hardy. So uh, this is just a wait and see approach team with this team. Um, for me, I I look at fantasy with this team, and I think Sexton's probably going to be a, a good value in drafts, um, especially in leagues where you don't uh, get negative points for missed shots. Um, I think Beasley's going to be a good value in drafts. Laurie Markman's going to be a good value in drafts. Because Conley and Jordan Clarks, maybe drive I'm hearing random rumors that Jordan might still stay there, that he loves Utah, uh, which is random, but, you know, respect to him. But I can't imagine Conley's there for all that. He's not making it to the trade deadline. Like, even if for whatever reason they don't find any deal for him, I don't think Conley's playing. I, th- I think you're getting a John Wall type of situation if they can't find a trade for him. Um, so I, I think that just leaves a lot of y- you know younger guys in situations where they finally get roles to to be themselves and uh, try try and spread their wings in the NBA. I'm looking at Colin Sexton, Malik Beasy, Laurie Markman, um, even Taylor Horton Tucker. Um, and, and we'll see. Well, but there, there's just going to be a lot of competition, right? Like. Jared Vanderbilt or Laurie Markkinen? Or are they going to split that down the line? Like, we we have no idea. But some of these guys are absolutely going to be steals at their ADPs. And I'm looking at Sexton, Beasley, Laurie, and Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, even Kelly Olenek. He's going to be the starting five. I don't know that a guy like Walker Kessler can just come in and be ready to go. Um, I, I'm sure there's going to be a point late in this. Like, again, with these bad teams, especially a team like the Jazz where – um, you do still have plenty of vets playing for you and Kelly Conley Clarkson. Uh, there's going to be a time in the year where the team packs it in and says, let's go get Victor. Let's go get scoot. Um, and that's when I think, you know, you're going to see some of these guys, uh, pop up in value that maybe you don't want to draft right away, but some of these guys are going to be, um, really big values at their ADP. This jazz team in general, though, not, not a team that I'm going to be watching a ton. I'll watch them. You know, I'll watch them. But not a team I'm going to be watching a ton and not a team that I have very, very high expectations for. But I am excited to see someone like Laurie 
Um, see if he can carve out a decently large role. A guy like Sexton who, yeah, he got whatever shot he wanted his first couple of years in Cleveland. But, um, you know, this is an older, more mature Colin. What can he do in a role like this now uh, after having some time to kind of read the game and, and figure out what he does best and, and how he can make the, the biggest impact? Um, but, yeah, that's where I'm at. Not, not a team with a lot to talk about. Anyways, guys. I appreciate you for tuning in. I hope this that you found this helpful. If you have any questions regarding teams, rotations, fantasy, betting, let me know. DMs are always open. I love you guys, and uh, I'll see you guys soon. Eastern Conference is going to be out here in the next couple of days as well, and then a whole season preview with Chuck and Sarge uh, out Monday. I love you guys. Peace.